Today we have a crazy story of revenge of a friendship crashing and burning. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, Stepsis snitches on me, so I replace her lip gloss with glue. Some people just don't know how to keep their mouths shut and mind their business. I don't know if it's a curse or an addiction, or they're just programmed to stir up trouble, or maybe it's all three, but I can't stand these people. It's very difficult to be friends with them, even if they're naturally good people and that was just their one flaw. Friends are supposed to have each other's backs. They should be able to tell each other things and trust themselves with huge secrets. What's the use if your friend is a renowned blabbermouth and can't keep a secret to save his own life? I had an issue with a friend like this once, back in my freshman year of high school. His name was Jason. He was a good guy overall. He was nice, friendly, and loved video games just as much as I did, maybe even more. But he couldn't keep a secret, not even when I begged him not to say anything. What happened was that I had a problem with a guy on the basketball team. The dude always made fun of my dribble and shooting tactics, so I decided to teach him a lesson by pouring itching powder into his gym bag. The only person that knew about this was Jason, and he knew not because I wanted to tell him, but because he walked in on me during the act and I had no choice but to let him know what I was doing. I told him not to tell anyone, but he couldn't do just that. Two days after the prank, I was called into the principal's office. Apparently, Jason mentioned that I was responsible for the prank to a guy who in turn told another guy, who in turn told another guy, who told the principal. I was given a month's worth of detention, and I was also grounded by my dad. After that, I just stopped speaking to Jason. He apologized and all, but I couldn't do it anymore. I tend to do a lot of things that I don't want people to know about, and if he can't keep his mouth shut for the most basic things like pouring itching powder in a person's gym bag, then what's he going to do when I do something bigger? It was easier to just let him go before he became a problem. It helped that his parents moved away at the end of our freshman year, so we didn't have to have these long, awkward stares and greetings in the hallway. This is easier to deal with among friends because you don't have to see them every day, right? But what if it's someone you do have to see every day? Someone you live in the same house with and are related to? Someone like your stepsister? How do you handle that? My dad and mom have had problems for as long as I can remember. They were always fighting all through my childhood. It was always one thing or the other, but it never really made any sense to me because, well, I was a kid. Eventually, they decided to call it quits and settled for joint custody. Eventually, mom got a job opportunity outside the country and she had to leave, so I had to stay with my dad full time. For the next few years, I was with my dad. He never got married or entered a new relationship. My mom, on the other hand, was dating some guy named Seth with a weird haircut. Anyway, after this thing with Jason, I got grounded at home. I learned something interesting. I never came home early before because I was an only child and my dad worked till 4.30 slash 5 p.m. So I usually got in at about 6 or 7 on a normal day, but now I came home straight from school and that was when I noticed that my dad was staying out longer than usual. I didn't question it. I just thought that maybe he had found some new friends. I mean, he needed it after all these years of living a monotonous life. Out of the blue one day, he brought home a woman and introduced her to me as Sharon, the woman he'd been seeing for some time. The weird thing is, is that my mom was also named Sharon. I mean, what are the odds? Well, Sharon was cool and we got along nicely. She started coming for dinner and stuff, so we got to know each other really well. Anyway, a few months down the line, after I got used to Sharon, she brought her daughter with her to join us for dinner. Her daughter, Gretel, was a junior in some other school in town. She was really smart and pretty. She liked video games, which made her a rare gem, and on the first day we were already talking about our favorite games, 
like we had known each other for years. I'd always frowned at the idea of having a stepbrother or sister, but now that I had a potential one, it didn't look so bad. My dad and I had a talk about the new family arrangement and I was all in. They got married soon after and they moved in with us. But this is where the problem started, because before, Gretel wasn't staying in our house. And I didn't really know what kind of person she was, truly. I couldn't have known that till we were living in the same house. Dad and Sharon, or as I like to call her, Step Sharon, always got back late during the weekdays. I don't know why, but ever since Dad married her, he just started staying out late. So Gretel and I were pretty much alone at home for the entire day. This particular day, we were playing video games after we got back from school. Yeah, I forgot to mention, we were in the same school now. The game got intense, and because she had beaten me twice in a row, I was very keen on not making it three times in a row. This was why I was so happy when I finally beat her. I stood up and ran around the living room to celebrate. I slipped when my foot hit the edge of a chair, and I fell, knocking over a china vase. The vase was my dad's and I think it was passed down or something, but it had been in that same spot since before I was born. No one was going to notice if it was gone, so I swept the pieces and vacuumed the floor for any loose pieces. Gretel even helped me clear the evidence and then I told her not to tell anyone about it. Even if someone mentioned anything, she was supposed to pretend that it was the first time she'd heard about a vase. She said yes and the plan was set. Dad and Sharon got home and no one said anything about the vase. For the next four days, they didn't even notice that it was gone. But then came Saturday. We were having a nice breakfast of toast and bacon. Dad and I were talking about a game we watched the night before and it was all great. Just then, right at the breakfast table, Gretel blurted out that I broke the vase. My dad looked at where it used to be and looked at me. After a back and forth with him and Sharon, I got grounded again. Later that evening, Gretel came to apologize. Her excuse? She didn't know why, but she couldn't keep things inside. She had the same problem with my friend Jason had. Hers was even worse because nobody had to ask her before she spilled the beans. I was so upset, but there was nothing I could do because she was my stepsister and there was no way I could cut her off. I decided to forgive her under one condition. It wasn't to repeat itself because the consequences would be dire. I told her this and all she did was laugh before saying okay. I guess she didn't take me seriously, but I wasn't joking. She would soon find out. Everything returned to normal and we talked like we used to. And then, one day, my friends from school invited me to a party. A lot of people were going and it was going to be fun. I didn't want to miss it, but there was no way in heck that my parents were going to let me go. Aside from the fact that it was during school week, my dad and I argued just the day before. And even when I was totally in the wrong... I wouldn't apologize, and now my dad was still upset with me, so he wouldn't let me go anywhere. I'd already decided that I wasn't going to go, but then, my all-time crush since my freshman year, Aya, asked me if I was going to be at the party. I froze up and said yes. She said okay, and that she was going to be there too, and maybe we could hang out. I said sure, without giving it a second thought. It was after she left that I realized what I had said. I told them I was going to the party and I couldn't back out now. I decided that I wasn't going to tell anyone about it, but I was going to sneak out. When the day came, we had dinner and I went to my room to sleep. I made sure they all knew that I wanted to go to bed, so I said my goodnight. I waited till my mom came to check on me to say her final goodnight. After that, I was sure that the coast was clear, so I dressed up and repaired the room to look like I was still in bed. 
I was about to sneak out the window when Gretel walked in. She caught me with one of my legs out the window, so there was no denying it. I knew my plan was ruined, and I decided to just give up. But Gretel promised me that she could keep this secret. She told me to go and that she wasn't going to say anything. I was stupid enough to believe her. I went to the party and had the time of my life, but around 5am, I decided to sneak back in. When I did, the lights came on and there was my dad, Sharon, and Gretel. My dad gave me detention for a month and took away my phone, laptop, and game privileges. The worst. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Part of all this was that I'd already given up and I wasn't going to go anymore, but she promised that she could keep my secret and that was why I went. But then she just went around and told them anyway. Gretel apologized again, but this time I didn't try to argue with her. I said it was fine. But it wasn't. I was secretly plotting my revenge. Eventually, I came up with a fitting revenge plan. One night, when everyone had slept, I went to Gretel's room and got her lip gloss. She didn't like to wear makeup, only lip gloss, which she used every day. I emptied the lip gloss and poured the super glue into the vial of lip gloss. I'm not even going to lie, it wasn't an easy process, but I did it. Then I returned the vial and went to my room. The next day, Gretel used the lip gloss, and her lips got stuck together. She screamed and cried, and it took everything I had to not burst out laughing. My dad accused me, but there was no proof of me doing it, so I denied it blatantly. They searched my room for any kind of evidence, but they found nothing. I stuck to the fact that I didn't know what happened to her, and even proceeded to say that it was probably her friends she had over a few days ago. Maybe they were the ones messing with her. I didn't get punished because after my accusation, they couldn't figure out who was responsible. I mean, in this situation, even if OP did get blamed and punished, it's not like they can get much more taken away from them. They kind of already have like all of their privileges taken away. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, I could have taken a bullet for her. Growing up, I was always hearing the phrase, Would you take a bullet for me, or to put it more correctly, I would take a bullet for you, from the mouths of couples or people that just happen to find themselves in love. And I always wondered, if I were to ever put myself in those shoes, would I be able to answer that question positively, or would I be able to say the same thing and mean it? Such was the case with Benita, my now ex-wife, who I'm suing for full custody of our kid and also filing for divorce. This was all as a result of her sudden change in attitude and character, which she had suddenly come up with out of nowhere, and for the first time in forever at that, I finally was able to stand up for myself and for what I believed in, regardless of what my previous belief stated, and I made sure she would live with regret for as long as she lived. My name is Darwin, first son of three siblings from my father, now father of my own two daughters, Wendy and Cindy. Ever since I was young, I've never really felt the presence of a mother figure in my life, and neither have my siblings, and this was due to the fact that when my mother Helen had her last child, my youngest sibling, she had a change of heart, and apparently wanted to have nothing to do with my father at the time. 
and this was attributed to the fact that my father, at the time, was still desperately struggling to make ends meet. And in her eyes, she just could not bear the situation of things back then, and apparently she had no other choice but to leave my father. I must say, I was not all that angry at her for the fact that she left my father when he was at his all-time low, but the one fact that truly triggered me was that over the passage of time, my dear father was able to finally find his footing and gain financial freedom with the help of my friends and family, and I was really happy for him. In fact, I still am till this very day, as he was one of the only people that truly pushed me to be a better man and a better version of myself. I was really proud to have him as my father. However, as for my mother, after a few years had passed, she had finally decided that it was time she come and claim what she supposed was rightfully hers. As from the very moment that she came back, she had announced to my father that she was there for a divorce and to claim her alimony. She also made it very clear to him that she was also planning on getting full custody of all the children she had for my father, and considering the financial state of my father at the time, he was finally able to afford a good enough lawyer for his case. It went on for quite a few months, but thankfully things went in favor of my father, as he was granted full custody of all of his children. But there was one little hiccup, which was that he was still made by the court to pay alimony to my mother following their divorce. It was hard and it seemed unfair, but the look on her face when the judge ruled that he be paid her alimony, even if only of half of what she had initially requested for, she was very happy. And she didn't even pay any mind to the fact that she was never going to see her children again. This was when I truly was mad at her and I felt like I could never forgive her. But I guess to err is human, and to forgive is divine, even though she had erred in the most horrible way possible for a mother and a woman. Anyways, that was the last time myself or any other person in my family ever saw her again. And even though my father was still in his prime and he could still very much get a woman at that time, he very much chose not to, reasons unknown to me at the time. Anyways, fast forward a little bit to when I was back in college. I was 24, still a virgin, and I could not proudly boast of ever having been in a relationship. Ever. Even though I had average enough looks and I was fairly tall enough to top it off, my father was already doing quite good for himself and his business had already gone way past his expectations, thus making it possible for his children to live an above average life. So in some sense, I basically lacked nothing. And even after I was going to be through with college, in the event that I was not able to secure a job for myself, my father had already promised me that he was going to put me in charge of his business, as that had always been his plan, right from the very beginning. But for some weird reason, I was not able to even secure a relationship, as every single lady I tried to approach in an attempt to initiate a romantic relationship, I was always turned down, because they all had an oddly unified reasoning that they didn't want to destroy our friendship or whatever it was we had. And the worst part of it all was that they always said they did not look at me in the same way as I did them. It was hurtful the first few times, but it soon got annoying and ultimately boring, as I was already getting quite tired of hearing the same thing and being rejected in the same way over and over again. Sooner rather than later, I stopped making my usual attempts, as I already knew the outcome, and that was when the most incredible thing ever happened. There was this girl that was always in the clique of girls that no guy in college would even think of approaching her as they were considered to be on a different level than the rest of us. Most definitely because of the fact that their parents were stupidly rich 
and they donated generously to the development of the college, as they'd been doing for years on end. She was kind of the oddball out, but unlike the rest of the students in the clique, she was obviously not from a very rich home. She wasn't able to match the kind of fashion sense every other girl in the group had, and thus she was always made to walk behind the rest of the group. She was basically treated less than how the remaining students were treated, and for some reason she wasn't against it. Initially, I decided to pay it no mind, as I felt like it was none of my business, but there was one fateful day when I was on my way to my dorm. I heard the cries of someone just outside the classroom area, and I decided to check it out. And to my greatest surprise, there she was, crying her eyes out. I sat down and shifted closer to her while trying to comfort her, and when she was finally calm and able to answer my questions properly, I asked again what the problem was. And she basically told me everything about her and how she was being treated like an animal. She also told me her situation and why she was still with them. She was apparently on scholarship, and she was threatened by a member of the group with her scholarship at hand. I felt for her, and I really felt for her. I tried to come up with different ways of helping her, but all of them would eventually prove unsuccessful, as there was no scenario where she would come out without consequence. The best thing I could do was to be there for her as a friend, because it seemed like she really needed one. I asked her for her name and she gave me one. Benita, she said. I would never forget her name for as long as I live. That was basically the story of how I met my ex-wife Benita. Anyways, fast forward a little bit again from then, she was able to live through college, even under her circumstances, and we really got along with each other. We were practically best friends. And right after leaving college, I thought it fit to ask her to be my girlfriend because I was feeling a connection between the both of us and I was very sure that the feeling was mutual. And to no surprise at all, she said yes as she was 100% sure that she wanted to be with me. I was so very happy that for the first time in forever, I was finally with someone that was truly happy to be with me. It was like a dream come true. About a whole year after graduating from college, I was finally at my wit's end after searching for a job tirelessly. When it proved to be fruitless, I decided to take my father up on his initial offer, as it wasn't a bad idea seeing that his business was bringing him close to six figures a year. I didn't fancy the idea initially, but after being jobless for a whole year, it didn't seem like such a bad idea anymore. Anyways, I got back to my father's business, and after six months of learning the ropes firsthand from my father, it was finally time for him to hand me the reins. It really wasn't all that much work once I'd started, and things went on smoothly for the next few years. And after being together for a while, I really felt like I couldn't live my life without Benita in it. She really completed me, as she was my muse every single step of the way in my life. I decided I wanted to marry her, and I set out my plan to fruition. Within the span of another year, Benita and I were already married, and we were expecting our first child. After the birth of our first child, that was when she unexpectedly had a change of character. She began lashing out at every little thing. She would begin making threats of leaving me, and worst of all, was when she began regretting ever getting married to me as she was sure I would have made it in life. I know it's not what I had in mind, but I could most definitely boast of taking full care of myself and my family. Apparently it wasn't enough for her, as she had her sights set on a more expensive and luxurious lifestyle, which I could not afford at the time, and so one day she sprung up the idea of a divorce, as she was tired of being with me, the very woman that I thought my life revolved around, was now sick and tired of me. 
It hurt me quite differently than any other thing ever. She left the house with our son that very night and I went to see my father the next morning. After explaining things to him, he simply told me that if I wanted to settle things, I should let him know, as he was willing to get me in contact with the lawyer that handled his and my mother's divorce. I thought hard and long over it and wondered if that was what I wanted for my children, and after a while, I decided that I would go through with what my father wanted, and I got his lawyer involved. The whole court process took quite a while, as the court would always adjourn due to her absence, and when she was finally present, The long and tiring period soon came to a sudden end as the judge ruled in my favor for custody of our kid, and I was exempt from paying alimony. It was sheer happiness for me, and utter bitterness, pain, regret, and sadness for Benita, but it was no business of mine, as this was what she wanted. I also made sure that visitations were not in question too as this would hurt her even more. I can't believe I once loved her so much so that I would have literally have taken a bullet for her. What sucks about situations like this is it's not only the biggest heartbreak you've ever experienced, but it has to go on for so long while you go to court and you figure out custody. You figure out whether or not there's going to be alimony and like a lifelong connection to the stress and the disappointment that came from that relationship. I mean, that has to be draining. Our next story is an old friendship that crashed. I was 17 when my world came crashing down, thanks to my best friend turned nemesis. I still marvel at the downturn of events between the both of us. I mean, people were so envious of what we shared, but everything came crashing down like a pack of cards. Everything began when Justina, my ex-best friend, shared an embarrassingly humiliating video of me on the school blog so that Jude, her high school crush, would see it. To her, it was just a video that could make Jude change his mind about me, but to me, it was a great betrayal of trust. When I discovered what she had done, the rage that surged through me was immeasurable. The problem was that I couldn't retaliate in a way that would jeopardize my standing with my parents, who happened to be friends with hers. Roundings were a fate worse than any teen could bear and I wasn't willing to risk it. However, my teenage creativity kicked in and I hatched a plan, one that was both harmless and devastatingly effective. Justina and I grew up together in the beautiful state of Texas. It was a roller coaster for us too. We were both the babies of our house and our mothers were high school besties. As much as we didn't like to accept it, people believed that we were match made by our parents, a sort of friendship that grew because we had no choice. Maybe the onlookers were right after all. Our friendship only grew because we had no choice. Justina and I were like poles that repel. Justina was very, very proud. She felt like she ruled and owned the world. She is insanely attractive and beautiful and she was well aware. She loved to use people because she felt she could. I hated that part of her so much that I tried to avoid her on several occasions. I was shocked when she tried to use me too. That was the genesis of our problems. She was rejected by the only boy who she felt was good enough for her. However, on the flip side, that boy liked me. It was too much for both of us. I hated that the boy she liked, liked me. That was a fault I couldn't accept, but Justina blamed me for it regardless. That awkward scenario was all Justina needed to show the world that our friendship only grew because we had no choice. Everything else that followed was a mixture of pain and excitement. It was a huge pain on my side and a form of excitement for the people who had predicted the downfall of my friendship with Justina. Not that Justina was a trophy to me, but she had her good sides too. 
She was there for me when the world didn't understand my personality or my energy. She was there to put naysayers and bullies in their place when they tried to trespass. She was my imperfect sister. But all of that didn't matter when Justina decided to ruin our little love story because of a boy who liked me. Our drama started when Justina posted a video of me being bullied by some students. Apparently, I had a slight period stain on my uniform. I was filmed and made jealous of by these students. Justina stood up for me and made sure that the video didn't go around the school. As a queen bee, no one dared cross her path. She told me she made sure that the video was deleted completely, but she lied to me. She was the only one who still had access to that horrible video, for reasons best known to her. I regretted not informing Mrs. Julie, the school's principal, that I was bullied. Justina had told me not to blow the situation out of proportion, and I believed her. She was my best friend, after all. As much as I love to look at the best side of Justina, I should have known earlier that Justina was a traitor. Her kindness was stringent on my loyalty. I had watched her back, taken insults for her, and I was a big sister to her. But what I couldn't do was help her get a man who didn't love her. It started with, I know Jude likes you, I see the way he looks at you. I don't know if the feeling is mutual, but I hope it's not. Everything sounded cool until Justina spewed the last words. I found it offensive that Justina wanted to control everything, even the person I chose to love back. Why? Because she was the queen bee? One afternoon, Jude walked up to me to ask why I allowed myself to be humiliated and bullied by my other students. I was curious to understand what he was talking about. I was beyond speechless when I saw the video he showed me on his phone. How? Justina told me she made sure the video was deleted. I retracted from Jude as fast as my legs could take me. I had only one person to question, and that person was Justina. I got to her class and dragged her out. I had a million questions, and she was the only one who had the answers. Why are you so frantic? Did you lose something? Justina asked nonchalantly. Who showed Jude the video? I asked, fuming. What video? Justina said, feigning surprise. You asked me if I lost something. Well, I lost my patience before I got here, I replied to her coldly. Again, dear sister, did you show Jude that sickening video or not? I did, Justina screamed. Now what? You honestly thought I would allow Jude to have you or him? He needed to see how dirty you are, and thank goodness you don't even like him, Justina barked. I went dumb and deaf at that instance. I had no words to say. I couldn't comprehend the story. Jude doesn't need to see that video of me, and Justina didn't have to go that low to prove a point. I had made it clear that I didn't want Jude, but I'd been pushed to the wall. I didn't know what hurt more, the betrayal or the disappointment that Justina finally showed the whole world that our friendship meant nothing to her, that she would go to any length to get what she wanted, no matter who got hurt. The revelation of Justina's betrayal hit me like a ton of bricks. The shock, the hurt, and the sense of betrayal lingered in the air. I stood there speechless, absorbing the weight of her words. The bond we shared, the sisterhood I thought we had, shattered in an instant. As I stood there, processing the depth of Justina's betrayal, a fire ignited within me. The humiliation and pain fueled a burning desire for revenge. I couldn't let her get away with shattering our friendship and tarnishing my reputation all because of a boy. In the days that followed, that leaked video escalated quickly, and a lot of people made fun of me. It was obvious that I was being mocked by a lot of students. 
Mrs. Julie had gotten a grasp of what was going on and she took the matter seriously. Everyone involved was severely punished, but Justina's punishment was worse. She was going to be made to repeat this school year, and I found that a bit overboard. I didn't want my revenge plan to go that way, so I had to intervene. I planned to deal with her in a way that she would find it difficult to heal, and I knew exactly how to achieve that. First, I wanted to make the school uncomfortable for her, just like she made it uncomfortable for me. Justine prided herself on being the queen bee, the untouchable ruler of our high school. I started by posting anonymous messages on the school's blog, where I exposed her hypocrisy, sharing the stories of those she had mistreated. At that point, my revenge plan didn't work out, as a lot of people didn't care about what I posted. They were bent on seeing me as the villain who didn't want my friend to be happily in love. Justina had succeeded in convincing everyone that I didn't want Jude to return her love. I didn't know what hurt more. The lies or the fact that every other person refused to see that I wasn't the problem. It wasn't my fault that Jude found me attractive and it hurt me so much that I had to pay for a crime I didn't commit. I tried so hard to make Jude stay away from me but he was undeterred. I decided to use the situation in my favor. I was going to open my heart to Jude. I realized that he was my total spec and he was equally fun to be with. I knew I could block my heart from falling in love but I chose that path of revenge. If I didn't do it, but everyone chose to believe lies, then I should do it. Jude and I became very close. He took me out on exotic dates, and he spared no effort to show me off to the world. He behaved as though he hit a jackpot every time he was around me. At that point, all the bullies and even Justina couldn't help but stare in amazement. Mrs. Julie had warned them sternly not to mess with me or any other person again. They couldn't risk it, as they were severely punished the last time they tried. With time, Jude and I were literally inseparable. While my friendship with Justina waned and withered, our mothers tried to save us, but Justina was bent on spreading the narrative that I stole her man. At our graduation ceremony, something dramatic happened. While everyone was having fun and making memories, Jude took the mic and called me to the front. In front of everyone, he asked me to be his girlfriend. I was mesmerized. How could Jude ask me to be his girlfriend officially in front of everyone? How? While I was gushing and blushing, Justina walked up to the stage. Her face a mix of shock and anger. The crowd fell silent, sensing the tension in the air. Jude, you can't be serious about this. She spat, her voice dripping with venom. Jude, unfazed by her presence, looked at her calmly and replied, Justina, I've made my choice. I don't appreciate the games you played and I won't let you dictate my happiness. The crowd erupted into whispers as Justina's eyes darted between Jude and me. It was a moment of reckoning and I could see the pain in her eyes. However, instead of reacting with anger or defiance, Justina surprised everyone by taking a deep breath and saying, Fine, Jude, you made your choice. I hope you both enjoy your little fairy tale. With that, she turned on her heel and walked away, leaving a stunned crowd behind. I couldn't help but feel a twinge of satisfaction, knowing that my revenge was working, and that Justina was finally tasting the bitter medicine of her own actions. In the following weeks, Justina's isolation intensified. She became the talk of the town, not for her usual charm and popularity, but for the fall from grace she was experiencing. It was a win-win situation for me. When I decided to go out with Jude, I did it despite Justina and to get revenge on her. My revenge plan was successful. 
and I fell in love with a wonderful man who is everything I've ever wanted. Five years down the line, Jude asked me to be his wife. I gave a gentle smile as I said yes to the love of my life. At that moment, I was glad I did what I did back in high school. I accepted his ring with so much love and pride. All of our classmates from high school who were in town attended our wedding except Justina. The news had it that she was so hurt by Jude's rejection and the plot twist, which was my perfect revenge plan. She didn't come back to Texas for so many years and all of us know why. I'm just glad that it worked out so darn well for OP. I mean, it's a little cold to be like, you know what, I'll, I'll pretend that I like this guy and give him what exactly he's hoping for. I'll just, you know, keep my fingers crossed behind my back or something. But I'm glad it did turn into a situation where OP realized they really do care, they're a good guy, and it worked out so darn well. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.